0: section thirty-three of the life of samuel johnson volume one by james boswell this librivox recording is in the public domain dr marty anno domini seventeen fifty five dr adams told me that this scheme of a bibliothèque was a serious one for upon his visiting him one day he found his parlor floor covered with parcels of foreign and english literary journals and he told dr adams he meant to undertake a review how sir said dr adams can you think of doing it alone all branches of knowledge must be considered in it do you know mathematics do you know natural history johnson answered why sir i must do as well as i can my chief purpose is to give my countrymen a view of what is going on in literature upon the continent but i shall have in a good measure the choice of my subject for I shall select such books as I can best understand." Dr. Adams suggested that, as Dr. Maty had just then finished his Bibliothèque Britannique -Britannique, it was to Maty that Gibbon submitted the manuscript of his first work which was a well-executed work giving foreigners an account of British publications, he might with great advantage assume him as an assistant. He, said Johnson, the little black dog, I throw him into the Thames. Footnote. as Professor de Morgan pointed out, had in the autumn of 1755 been guilty of willful suppression of the circumstances of johnson's attack on lord chesterfield in an article in his journal he regrets the absence from the dictionary of the plan elle eut l'auteur la composition d'une nouvelle préface qui ne contient qu'en partie les mêmes choses et qu'on est de regarder comme destiné à Perdre de vue quelques-unes des obligations que M. Johnson avait contractées et le qu'il avait choisi. In the, the scheme, however, was dropped. In one of his little memorandum books, I find the following hints for his intended review or literary journal: the annals of literature, foreign as well as domestic. Imitate Le clerc Bell Babirac Infelicity of Journals in England Works of the Learned We cannot take in all sometimes copy from foreign journalists always tell doctor Birch's letter I type forty six to doctor Birch, march twenty ninth, seventeen fifty five, Sir. I have sent some parts of my dictionary, such as were at hand, for your inspection. The favour which I beg is that, if you do not like them, you will say nothing. I am, sir, your most affectionate, humble servant, Samuel Johnson. To Mr. Samuel Johnson, Norfolk Street, April 23, 1755, sir. The part of your dictionary which you have favoured me with the sight of has given me such an idea of the whole, that I most sincerely congratulate the public upon the acquisition of a work long wanted, and now executed with an industry accuracy and judgment equal to the importance of the subject. You might perhaps have chosen one in which your genius would have appeared to more advantage, but you could not have fixed upon any other in which your labours would have done such substantial service to the present age and to posterity. I am glad that your health has supported the application necessary to the performance of so vast a task, and can undertake to promise you as one, though perhaps the only reward of it, the approbation and thanks of every well-wisher to the honour of the English language. I am with the greatest regard sir your most faithful and most affectionate humble servant thomas birch mr charles burney who has since distinguished himself so much in the science of music and obtained a doctor's degree from the university of oxford had been driven from the capital by bad health and was now residing at lynn regis in norfolk He left London in 1751, and returned to it in 1760. He had been so much delighted with Johnson's Rambler and the plan of his dictionary, that when the great work was announced in the newspapers as nearly finished, he wrote to Dr. Johnson, begging to be informed when and in what manner his dictionary would be published, entreating if it should be by subscription or He should have any books at his own disposal to be favoured with six copies for himself and friends. Johnson's letter to Mr. Burney, anno domini seventeen fifty five. In answer to this application, Dr. Johnson wrote the following letter, of which, to use Dr. Burney's own words, if it be remembered, that it was written to an obscure young man who at this time had not much distinguished himself even in his own profession but whose name could never have reached the author of the rambler the politeness and urbanity may be opposed to some of the stories which have been lately circulated of dr johnson's natural rudeness and ferocity to mr burney in lynn regis norfolk if you imagine that by delaying my answer I intended to show any neglect of the notice with which you have favoured me, you will neither think justly of yourself nor of me. Your civilities were offered with too much elegance not to engage attention, and I have too much pleasure in pleasing men like you not to feel very sensibly the distinction which you have bestowed upon me. Few consequences of my endeavours to please or to benefit mankind have delighted me more than your friendship thus voluntarily offered, which now I have it, I hope to keep, because I hope to continue to deserve it. I have no dictionaries to dispose of for myself, but shall be glad to have you direct your friends to Mr. Dodsley, because it was by his recommendation that I was employed in the work. When you have leisure to think again upon me, let me be favoured with another letter, and another yet, when you have looked into my dictionary. If you find faults, I shall endeavour to mend them. If you find none, I shall think you blinded by kind partiality. But to have made you partial in his favour will very much gratify the ambition of Sir, your most obliged and most humble servant, samuel johnson Gough square fleet street april eighth seventeen fifty five andrew miller itard forty six mr andrew miller a bookseller in the strand took the principal charge of conducting the publication of johnson's dictionary And as the patience of the proprietors was repeatedly tried and almost exhausted by their expecting that the work would be completed within the time which johnson had sanguinely supposed the learned author was often goaded to dispatch more especially as he had received all the copy-money by different draughts a considerable time before he had finished his task when the messenger who carried the last sheet to Miller returned, Johnson asked him. Well, what did he say? Sir, answered the messenger, he said, Thank God I have done with him. I am glad, replied Johnson with a smile, that he thanks God for anything. Footnote. Sir John Hawkins, page 341, inserts two notes as having passed formally between Andrew Miller and Johnson to the above effect. I am assured this was not the case. In the way of incidental remark, it was a pleasant play of raillery. To have deliberately written notes in such terms would have been morose. Boswell. It is remarkable that those with whom Johnson chiefly contracted for his literary labours were Scotchmen, Mr. Miller, and Mr. Strahan miller though himself no great judge of literature had good sense enough to have for his friends very able men to give him their opinion and advice in the purchase of copyright the consequence of which was his acquiring a very large fortune with great liberality talking one day of the patronage the great sometimes effect to give to literature and literary men Andrew Miller, says Johnson, is the Mycenaeus of the age. Johnson's work seventeen eighty seven volume eleven, page two hundred. Horace Walpole, writing on May the eighteenth, seventeen forty-nine, says Miller, the bookseller, has done very generously by Fielding. Finding Tom Jones, for which he had given him six hundred pounds, sell so greatly, he has since given him another hundred. Hume, writing on July sixth, seventy 1759, says, Poor Andrew Miller is declared bankrupt. His debts amount to above 40,000 pounds, and it is said his creditors will not get above three shillings in the pound. All the world allows him to have been diligent and industrious. But his misfortunes are ascribed to the extravagance of his wife. A very ordinary case in this city. He must soon have recovered his position for dr a carlyle autobiography page four three four met miller at harrogate in seventeen sixty three in the inn were several baronets and great squires members of parliament who paid miller civility for the use of his two newspapers which came to him by every post yet when he appeared in the morning in his well worn suit of clothes they could not help calling him Peter Pamphlet. For the generous patron of Scotch authors with his city wife and her niece were sufficiently ridiculous when they came into good company. Mr. Croker, Boswell, page six thirty, says that Miller was the bookseller described by Johnson as habitually and equably drunk. He is, I think, mistaken footnote. Johnson said of him, I respect Miller, sir. He has raised the price of literature. The same praise may be justly given to Pont Cook, the eminent bookseller of Paris. Mr. Strawn's liberality, judgment and success are well known. An excursion to Langton deferred. Anno Domini, 1755 to bennett langton esq at langton near spillsbury lincolnshire sir it has been long observed that men do not suspect faults which they do not commit your own elegance of manners and punctuality of complaisance did not suffer you to impute to me that negligence of which i was guilty and which i have not since atoned I received both your letters and received them with pleasure proportionate to the esteem which so short an acquaintance strongly impressed, and which I hope to confirm by nearer knowledge, though I am afraid that gratification will be for a time withheld. I have indeed published my book, footnote, his dictionary Boswell end of, footnote, of which I beg to know your father's judgment and yours and I have now stayed long enough to watch its progress into the world. It has, you see, no patrons, and, I think, has yet no opponents, except the critics of the coffee-house, whose outcries are soon dispersed into the air, and are thought of no more. From this, therefore, I am at liberty, and think of taking the opportunity of this interval to make an excursion. And Why not, then, into Lincolnshire? Or, to mention a stronger attraction, why not to dear Mr. Langton? I will give the true reason, which I know you will approve. I have a mother more than eighty years old, who has counted the days to the publication of my book in hopes of seeing me. And to her, if I can disengage myself here, I resolve to go as i know dear sir that to delay my visit for a reason like this will not deprive me of your esteem i beg it may not lessen your kindness i have very seldom received an offer of friendship which i so earnestly desire to cultivate and mature i shall rejoice to hear from you till i can see you and will see you as soon as i can for when the duty that calls me to lichfield is discharged my inclination will carry me to Langton. I shall delight to hear the ocean roar, or to see the stars twinkle, in the company of men to whom nature does not spread her volumes, or utter her voice in vain. Do not, dear sir, make the slowness of this letter a precedent for delay, or imagine that I approved the incivility that I have committed, for i have known you enough to love you and sincerely to wish a further knowledge and i assure you once more that to live in a house that contains such a father and such a son will be accounted a very uncommon degree of pleasure by dear sir your most obliged and most humble servant samuel johnson may the sixth seventeen fifty five letters to mr wharton i type forty six anno domini seventeen fifty five To the Reverend Mr. Thomas Wharton, dear sir, I am grieved that you should think me capable of neglecting your letters, and beg you will never admit any such suspicion again. My purpose to come down next week if you shall be there, or any other week that shall be more agreeable to you. Therefore, let me know. I can stay this visit but a week, but intend to make preparations for a longer stay next time. Being resolved not to lose sight of the university How goes Apollonius Footnote A translation of Apollonius Rodius was now intended by Mr Warden, Warden Boswell end a footnote. Don't let him be forgotten. Some things of this kind must be done to keep us up. Pay my compliments to Mr Wise and all my other friends. I think to come to Kettle Hall kettle hall is an ancient tenement built about the year sixteen fifteen by dr ralph kettle president of trinity college for the accommodation of commoners of that society it adjoins the college and was a few years ago converted into a private house malone end of footnote. i am sir your most affectionate etc Samuel johnson london may thirteenth seventeen fifty five to the same dear sir It is strange how many things will happen to intercept every pleasure, though it be only that of two friends meeting together. I have promised myself every day to inform you when you might expect me at Oxford, and have not been able to fix a time. The time, however, is, I think, at last come, and I promise myself to repose in Kettle Hall one of the first nights of the next week. I am afraid my stay with you cannot be long, but what is the inference? We must endeavour to make it cheerful. I wish your brother could meet us so that we might go and drink tea with Mr. Wise in a body. I hope he will be at Oxford or at his nest of British and Saxon antiquities footnote, at Ellsfield, a village three miles from Oxford, Warden Boswell. End of footnote. I shall expect to see Spencer finished, and many other things begun. Doddsley is gone to visit the Dutch. The dictionary sells well. Footnote. It was published on April 15th, 1755. In two volumes folio, price four pounds ten shillings bound, in a footnote. The rest of the world goes on as it did. Dear sir, your most affectionate, etc. Samuel Johnson, London, June tenth seventeen fifty five to the same, dear Sir, to talk of coming to you and not yet to come has an air of trifling which I would not willingly have among you, and which I believe you will not willingly impute to me when I have told you that, since my promise, two of our partners are dead booksellers concerned in his dictionary wharton boswell june the twelfth mr paul knapton bookseller june the eighteenth thomas longman esq bookseller gentlemen's magazine volume twenty five page two eight four the esquire perhaps is a sign that even so early as seventeen fifty five the longman's ranked higher than most of their brethren end of footnote and that I was solicited to suspend my excursion till we could recover from our confusion. I have not laid aside my purpose, for every day makes me more impatient of staying from you. But death, you know, hears not supplications, nor pays any regard to the convenience of mortals. I hope now to see you next week, but next week is but another name for tomorrow which has been noted for promising and deceiving. I am, etc. Samuel Johnson, London, June twenty-fourth, 1755. To the same. Dear sir, I told you that among the manuscripts are some things of Sir Thomas More. I beg you to pass an hour in looking on them and procure a transcript of the ten or twenty first lines of each to be compared with what I have. That i may know whether they are yet published the manuscripts of these catalogue of Bodleian manuscripts page 122 f3 sir thomas more one fall of angels two creation and fall of mankind three determination of the trinity for the rescue of mankind four five lectures of our saviour's passion five of the institution of the sacrament three lectures six how to receive the blessed body of our lord sacramentally seven neomenia the new moon eight de tristitia taidio pavore et oratione christi ante capcionemius catalogue page 154 life of sir thomas More. query whether ropers page 363 de resignatione magni sigili in manus regis per doctorem Toman morum page 364 mori defensio morique. if you procure the young gentleman in the library to write out what you think fit to be written i will send to mr prince the bookseller to pay him what you shall think proper be pleased to make my compliments to mr wise and all my friends i am sir your affectionate etc Samuel johnson london august seventh seventeen fifty five End of Section 33